This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Highfield, lead pastor here at Grace River Church, and I want to wish you a happy new year. Thank you so much for watching online at home today. Uh, today, we are doing a standalone talk called More Than Able, and I want you to know God is more than able to get you through whatever it is that you're going through. And so I gain a certain amount of confidence whenever I look at what God has got me through in the past, uh, whenever I'm going through whatever present struggle that I'm going through. And I think that you can identify the same way. I mean, you think about what you were dealing with this time five years ago, or even this time a year ago, and you can see that God is more than able to get you through whatever it is that you're going through. And so Joshua chapter three is where we're gonna be Today, Joshua is the leader that takes the place of Moses. I mean, can you imagine the shoes that this dude would have to fill? Uh, and you can imagine the insecurities that would go along with that. But what's amazing is, is that God uh, got Joshua through. Uh, God was with Joshua. Uh, and there's some really incredible uh, takeaways for us, some timeless truths that we're going to look at in this story today that we can take away. Uh, and you can look at what it is that you went through in this last year in 2023 and be able to look to 2024 and go, okay, I know God is going to get me through it. There are some struggles that you don't even know about yet coming in your next year. And I think this talk is going to help give you the tools and the resources that you need uh, to help you take the steps of faith that you need to take in the new year. And so thanks for watching online today. You know, it says a ton about your own spiritual development that you would carve out some time uh, during a holiday weekend and spend some time uh, growing in your relationship with God. So let's jump into this Joshua chapter three. Uh, we're gonna start in verse one of this story. We're gonna jump around in Joshua chapter three and Joshua chapter four a little bit. So early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Achaia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River. Uh, where they camp before crossing. So they were camping out, which is nobody's favorite thing to do, even people that say they love to camp. Uh, they had to camp actually by this river for three days and wait on what God wanted them to do. And so uh, they're, they're, uh, three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. So here's the instructions. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, we're going to cover what that is here in just a moment. Uh, the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. So they got to cross this river, uh, and they've got to cross in a way they never crossed before. And then he goes on to say, make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. I love that line. The Lord is going to do great wonders among you. And here, here's what you need to understand. That's what God wants to do here. That's what God wants to do in your life. That's what God wants to do through our church, uh, to do great wonders in this new year. And so what's that going to take though? Like for God to do something great in you, it starts with every single one of us just doing what he's asked us to do. There were some specific things uh, that he was asking the nation of Israel to do. There was a million of them camping out a million of them that were going to cross uh, this Jordan River. It's amazing what God was going to do. But he said, what's really important is that you follow the Ark of the Covenant. So what was in the Ark? I mean, you, you think about the Ark. Uh, I think about uh, like an Indiana Jones movie or something. What's inside the Ark of the Covenant? Well, really three things that were in there of significance for the nation of Israel. First of all, uh, the original Ten Commandments on tablets were in the Ark of the Covenant. So this is a big box that contained 
the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses and etched into stone. Okay, so not, this wasn't like a, an iPad tablet. This is like a real tablet. And then also a pot of manna. Manna was uh, the sustainable thing that God gave the nation of Israel uh, and provided life and nutrition for them. This was their food source uh, for so many years. And so a pot of manna reminding them uh, that God is always going to provide. And then also the rod of Aaron. So background on a, on a leader that they had in their lives. And so uh, this is what the ark contained. Now, Joshua is saying this, okay, for all that we've seen, we haven't seen anything yet. I mean, he's letting them know that for all the wonders, for all the things that God's done, man, he is just getting started. Joshua uh, was this new leader in Israel. In fact, the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel. They may know that, uh, know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. This is an amazing promise that God gives to Joshua. As I was with Moses... I will be with you. And here's the amazing promise today. God is with us. In fact, the, the story of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. And here is the message yet again. I will be with you. So like whatever it is that you're going through today or whatever it is you're going to be going through in the next year, the amazing promise is, is that God is going, to be, he's going to be with you. So then we see here in, in verses uh, 14 and 15 of the story, so the people left the camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing at its banks. So the Jordan River wasn't small at this point, okay? Uh, it, 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 it's overflowing at its banks. And, and, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant touched the waters at the river's edge, this is really cool what happens next, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zetheron. Now, and the water below that point flowed to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And then all the people crossed over the near town of Jericho. So I want you to picture this for a second. The priests are carrying this Ark of the Covenant and they, they walk into the water. And as their feet touch the water, as they get their feet wet, the Jordan River begins to dry up. But it doesn't dry up immediately. Like, Oftentimes, the miracle we want happens instantaneously. But if you look at this story, you know, and, and the research kind of shows, this may have taken up to two hours for this to happen. I mean, can you imagine the, how anticlimactic that moment must have been? I don't know if you've ever been like waiting for water to recede a little bit, but like as you look at it, you can't really tell. But over time, you can see that the waters are coming down. And this is the moment as, as their feet touch the river the water begins to recede. And, and that's the way it works with so many miracles is it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. It doesn't necessarily happen instantaneously. But God is up to something in your life. And so it's such a cool, th it's such a cool moment because now they're standing in a dry riverbed and the, a million Israelites cross over to the other side from one side of the Jordan River to the next. This is truly a miracle. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. And they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed over to the other side on dry ground. I mean, this is such an amazing moment. Again, Joshua chapter, five, chapter 1, verse 5. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you, man. 
For, for Joshua, he's got to have this moment of, oh my gosh, you really were with me, God. Now, in, in, in chapter 4, when all the nation had, had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the 12 people from each tribe a man and command them by saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Lay them down in the place where you're really camping tonight. It made, it made it sound like you were lodging at some really nice uh, Hilton or something. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom God appointed, and a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon your shoulder according to the number of the tribes uh, of the other people of Israel. And, and this day, this is a sign among you, when your children ask in times to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you, shall, then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off so that these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial. Man, this is really, really important. And I, I want you to understand something. God has done something here at Grace River in the last year that one day our kids will ask about. God has provided in ways in the last year that we could look at and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe all that God did. I think about the initiative that we just finished uh, with the Generations Initiative. You think about everything that God has done uh, since this past summer. And now we're in the midst of a construction project and we can look back and our kids one day will ask, how did all of this happen? Well, yesterday was kind of a significant day uh, in, in our lives because it was 10 years ago that we moved to St. Charles County to start Grace River Church. And um, I was driving with my son and we were talking about um, how the church got started in our living room. And I reminded him, you know, Jack, it was 10 years ago today that our family moved here to start the church. And both of us were in near tears as we drove home talking about that and talking about all of the things that had to happen. And what's amazing is, you know, when Jack moved here, Jack's 16 now, whenever we moved here, Jack was six. So Jack has very limited memories in his life before Grace River Church. And it's amazing now, like looking back at how it's helped build his faith as he watched something go from nothing to something. And I think about our own kids, my kids, I think about your kids, I think about other generations to come. There's a story to tell about our faith. And the nation of Israel, they had these stones that they could reflect back on and go, okay, your kids are going to ask why, why these stones are important. And it'll, it'll, it'll be a remembrance, a moment for us to look back at this big moment of faith where we crossed over the Jordan River. And I wonder today, man, what big moments of faith are you laying for your own kids? What big moments of faith are you laying today for the generations to come that will meet, know, and follow Jesus? But it has to start with you. So you can't pass on a faith that you're not living out yourself. So there are four ways that you can build your faith, uh, four ways that you can strengthen your faith uh, really for the next generation. The first way is that be willing, you got to be willing to get your feet wet. I mean, this miracle happens because the priests just do what God has asked them to do and the people follow in the same way. They're just doing the very thing that God asked them to do. They could have said, no, we're not, we're not doing that. God, build a bridge. Like, uh, you know, they, they could have came up with any way possible. Like, God, we'll do whatever, but we're not crossing, we're not going to drown by, by, you know, walking through the Jordan River because we can't swim. This isn't going to work. We've got little babies. We've got kids. They've got all kinds of excuses. And here's the thing. You can make an excuse or you can make a difference, but you can't do both. And 
in order for you to live the greatest days of your faith, in order for 2024 to be the greatest days of your faith, you got to be willing to get your feet wet. And you know, that old terminology, get your feet wet, actually comes out of this story. Also, the second thing, if you're going to build your faith in 2024, is focus is everything. So what you focus on really does matter. And so if you're focusing just on yourself, if you're focusing on your feelings, if you're focusing on you, if you're focusing on your job, if you're focusing on uh, kids' little league sports stuff, if that's your focus, then that's what your life is going to be about. But maybe your focus instead of 2024 should be like growing in your faith and saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strengthen myself in you. I'm going to focus on you. The third thing is, as you build your faith, remember that God is with you. That, man, this year, there are going to be some moments where you're in a valley, like in the new year, 2024. There's going to be some moments where you're on the mountaintop. And in either position, would you just remember the same thing that Joshua needed to remember, that God was with him. The same promise that we have in Matthew chapter 28 when Jesus tells his disciples that I am with you always. That no matter what you're up against, no matter what the difficulties is, no matter how lonely you may feel, God is always with you. So when you have him, you actually have everything. And the fourth thing is, is that we would pass down your faith. That every single one of us would take the faith that we have and live it, in, live it in a way that we can pass it down for generations to come. Now, here's the thing. You can't pass down what you don't actually possess. And so maybe right now, like you realize, man, your faith isn't actually your own faith. Like you've never made this relationship with God personal. Like, yeah, it's been something that you've, that you've thought about, and it's been something uh, that you've considered, but you've never actually made Jesus the Lord of your life. And right now, at the end of this year, maybe this is the moment for you to say, okay, I'm going to make Jesus Lord right now. And what that, what that looks like is this. It's you deciding that he's your savior and that he's the Lord of your life. He's your savior. He saved you from your sins, all your mistakes, all your guilt, all your shame, all your regret wiped away. But he's also the Lord of your life, which means this is that you no longer call the shots. That you would say, man, today is the day that I'm going to live my life not under my own authority, but under his authority. So, man, if you're ready to do that today, I want to pray for you right now. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And, and maybe you're at a spot where you're already a Christian and you just want to recommit your life for 2024. I'm praying for you too, that you'd recommit and live your life fully for him and trust him and allow, allow this moment to be a moment where you go, okay, I'm going to I'm going to trust God and live in faith in this next year. But maybe you're listening today and you've never given your life to Christ. I want to give you a moment right now to say yes to making him Lord. You could pray a prayer like this. God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I've been living for me. And God, today I'm, I'm admitting that to you. And God, I believe that you sent your only son, Jesus, to come and die on the cross for all my shame, for all my guilt, for all my regret. And God, I today confess with my heart and with my life, you and only you to be Savior. Thank you for saving me and for changing me and making me a Christian. Help me now not to live for me, but to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.